0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Welcome back for episode 14 of Believe in Padres Prospects on the Believe Podcast Network. San Diego's number one sports podcast network. Ryan and Wade hanging out with you on Monday afternoon listening probably tuesday morning hopefully minor league playoffs are done arizona fall arizona fall league underway so we got that going for us dominican winter league starts october 13th so the off season of minor league baseball is kind of into full swing or close to it keeping an eye on that stuff and the mlb regular season finally mercifully ended and we the potters were put out of their misery um, we went to the final home game on Thursday. You and I did with a couple other people. So that was fun. Great pitching game. Kershaw versus Lucchese. Yeah. Quick game too. I think it was like a little under three hours. Very quick game with a uh, 40 man rosters too, you know? Yeah. That's what happens when starting pitching actually is good. Uh, I was thinking about this last night after I, I was watching, um, the final series in Arizona, you know, you watched that there's nothing else on (laughs) what else am I gonna do uh so Manny hit a home run um I think it was on today's Monday it must have been Saturday Friday forgot but anyway he just looked really proud of himself in the dugout after this meaningless home run in a season where he I think was pretty bad would you say it a bad season for him overall yeah yeah like finished with I mean even in the paper he said he sucked this year which is I'm glad he said that because he did suck But in a totally lost season, he looked stoked after this home run, sitting in the dugout, sipping his little water. And I was trying to think of, is hitting a home run the best feeling you can have for as an individual? um, I'm not I'm talking one play, not winning a championship or uh, winning a series or clinching anything just for one play for one person in a vacuum. Is hitting a home run the greatest feeling you can have?
0: I'd say hitting a buzzer beater in basketball.
1: Ooh, that's to win the game. See, it's a little different. I'm talking. I'm talking just like,
0: see a walk off everyday. Okay, play. so what about
1: a walk off home run then, compared to a buzzer
0: beater? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think it's the walk off home run.
1: Yeah. So just assuming they're all equal, equal stakes, hitting a ball off the sweet spot, crushed. I think that's. I think that has to be number one in the power rankings across all sports. So like, there's scoring a touchdown. There's the three pointer, there's a goal like in soccer or I guess hockey or lacrosse, tennis, like an ace, I don't, boxing. I think this is the one that is close, knocking someone out in boxing or like MMA. Just a one hitter knockout. Not that we're fighters, but, or even like really follow fighters. One of those like, you know, 13 second knockouts. Yeah. You, you run up to each other and then one across the jaw, guy goes down immediately. Right. And you just walk away. Like you don't need to jump on him and finish it off. It's over. That's got to be a really good feeling. Hitting two free throws. Have you ever hit two
0: free throws in a row? I'm like an 85% free throw
1: shooter. (laughs) Nice stat that you just totally made up. (laughs) Uh, Let's get to the show. So let's update. We're going to update you on uh, a little bit of the Arizona Fall League action. We're going to do a little Padres managerial talk because that's the most the Padres have going on so far in the offseason. Ron Fowler is speaking at some event today. You were reading about that, right? What was that about? Yeah, the Padres Social Summit.
0: Not but, really sure. I mean, what does that mean? I don't know. It looked like it was at Ballast Point. That, your voice cracks are hilarious. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> um, Mondays, you know.
1: Mondays, it's a hell of a day. But Social Summit sounds such like a 2019 <clears throat> term, doesn't it? Like, what, what the hell is a Social Summit?
0: Yeah, it looks like a lot of players are there. Ron Fowler speaking. People like just asking questions. Media
1: are there. It's open to the public, I guess.
0: Yeah. It so looks like, like Padres
1: Twitter just hangs out there right. and asks. Just saw on Padres Twitter some quotes. Why does Eric Hosmer keep hitting the ball into the ground? Why does he suck at defense? I would ask that. <laughs> where where the gold gloves go? Why can't hedges hit ever? Should he win the gold glove? <laughs> we're going to get to that too. <laughs> and then uh, we're going to talk about the strikeout epidemic. Uh, every time I watch a Padres game, I end up yelling at my TV about how often these guys don't know how to hit situationally. Like no approach. There's no change in anyone's approach with guys on base and two outs and two strikes. Just it's always swinging for the fences and the Padres have a strong pro- proclivity for striking out. And I wanted to, I wanted to dive deeper and see, is this an epidemic across all the different levels of the Padres organization? Um, get your thoughts on it. Is like, is it a coaching thing? Is it a, I think it's just an all baseball thing. Is right it an now. approach thing? But like there, we're going to go through some of these teams that have, clearly different approaches than the Padres do. And obviously strikeouts are the highest they've ever been, but we're going to compare them to some other teams in the league that are doing things differently. And does this bleed into the minors? Our guys are, are our top prospects guys who are going to come up and just strike out at a huge rate, like the guys currently up to. So I wanted to check those numbers out and hopefully not. We're going to find out in a second. Uh, let's do some news first. Would you give Austin hedges the NL gold
0: glove? For catchers? Me, personally? Yeah, right now, yeah. I would not, because he doesn't have enough at-bats.
1: No, yeah, he does. To, does he? Yeah. For for catchers and for, go- for Gold glove, yeah. Um,
0: S- Historically, it's never been about the best defensive player. It's always, you know, the best player at that position. Who had the
1: best, like, season.
0: Right. And him hitting, what, what, like 170? It's disgusting. He can't. I'm sure, like, all his... What like twenty defensive runs saved or something like that is probably the highest in baseball by a lot. We
1: did a huge thing on Hedges a few weeks ago. Were you even on that show? Probably not. Uh, A whole so like you can go we can go back and look at those uh, numbers again. But he he, there's basically no he's the best defensive catcher in baseball, and it's not very close. He's ahead of guys like Yasmani Grandal, JT Realmuto, and these are not just defensive runs saved, which by the way is not even an, an average. Stat. These are accumulated. So right. even if you think he doesn't have that many at bats or that many innings played behind home plate, he still leads by a wide margin in defensive runs saved, along with a bunch of other uh really important sabermetrics stats that quantify how good a catcher has been all season. He's
0: the best. I don't think there's any argument. So, yeah, he is the best defensive catcher. I would agree with that. But as we've seen. In the past, it's not the best defensive player at each position that gets this award. Here's what Hedgie said. Quote, honestly,
1: I don't think it's that close. If you look at the numbers, it really isn't close. I should win it. I mean, a lot of confidence from a guy who had a really terrible season, didn't he? Right. That is struggling
0: to even be in the majors he's next like, year. Yeah, he
1: might not be on a team next year. Right. He, if you're, it's great that he's the best defense. I'm very proud that the Padres have the best defensive catcher in baseball, according to the numbers. And I like how he works with the pitching staff and it's his framing and it's his receiving and it's his game calling and um, work how he works with the catchers, his game calling. His, he's got a good arm. like he's, He has it all. He does everything. But if you're that bad offensively where you're just literally a black hole in the lineup, I don't know if there's a place for you on a major league roster. Like We can find replacement level defense somewhere else with Francisco Mejia or Austin Allen or Luis Torrens who can contribute – they're not a nothing on offense. Like It's it's basically like having two pitchers in the lineup and good luck scoring runs when there's two guys hitting like a buck 80 in your lineup. Right. It's just two automatic outs. Yeah. Fowler was pissed too. What did Fowler say? Fowler. At this social summit thing today right. he was talking about I just about
0: saw – I didn't see the exact quote, but he was not happy with Hedges claiming he should win that. It's a
1: weird – I mean, I'm sure – I didn't see where this quote came from or why – he said it or was he asked directly? It's hard to say. Cause like in the media, like you're going to ask him, Hey Austin, do you think you're going to win the gold glove this year? And what's he going to say? Just like no comment. Like I'd probably say the same thing. Like right. yeah, I, I think mean, I should you win. do want guys being like, yeah, I think I should. It's like, yeah. I had a shitty offensive season, but I should win the, I had the best season defensively. So I kind of agree with him. I think he honestly, I think he does deserve it. Um, oh, and the quote was from MLB.com uh, where they were
0: asking hedges. I don't know why they were asking about it, but they were. If you look around the league, what player at any position has won just based on defense? Like the only guy I can think of is like Nick Ahmed. I'm thinking like Andleton Simmons. So yeah. Like same thing. Although he's he's been steady
1: offensively. I don't know what his numbers
0: are this year. You have to Oregon. at least hit 200 to get the award.
1: Yeah. If you're such a if you're so bad offensively that you can't play like it doesn't really make any sense to get the goal glove. Right, it's got to be a, like an everyday guy. And although he was, would you consider him an everyday guy during mm, 2019? No, I think he basically for a catcher though. Like it's tw- it's it's a different era
0: for catchers where you're you're playing th- four days a week. You're, if you everyday get, guy, you think of the two guys you name like Grandal, Real Real, 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 Real Muto. Real Muto. There it is.
1: Yeah, they, but they have other
0: catchers too. So let's like last year, Hedgie was an everyday guy. This year. He can't even stay in the lineup. He's not an everyday guy.
1: Well, he's not going to be going forward. I think that's pretty safe to say. But at the same time, the, all the teams are doing this. You have two catchers, and you're splitting at bats pretty heavily among all your catchers, and that's just that's just how the game is played today. So, just I mean, I didn't look this up before, so this this will be very illuminating. I think. Uh, how many at bats do you think JT Realmuto had this year? Since you mentioned JT. How many did Hedges have? No, JT Ramu. I know, but uh, how many did Hedges have? I'm going to give that to you after we talk about Ramu. <laughs> <laughs> so, how many do you think he had? Like 350. This is shocking. He had 536 at bats. Wow, for a catcher. That's that just blows me away. Um, Hedgy, 292. So he's he didn't even get to 300 at bats. That's that's a pretty bad
0: mark, On right. your, on your so resume, he's not an everyday guy.
1: I think that indicates he's he sh- definitely not. Shouldn't even be considered for the award with that low. That's rough, at-bats. man. That is less than 300 at bats. It, it's hard for me to give you the award. Maybe you're the best defensive player, but if you if you can't even play every day because you're terrible on offense, then what are we doing? But it, it, that does speak a lot to the like low volume innings behind the plate, but still led baseball in defensive runs. like way better than Rayo Muto. So right. That's pretty. I'm glad I don't have to make that decision. I'm glad I'm not voting, but um, that's just, that's really interesting that Real Mutu had that many more at-bats. Next on the docket, what's up with Will Myers fainting? I don't know. Are we even able to get into that? Can we joke about that yet, or is it too soon? <laughs> not sure. If it's serious, I don't think we can joke about it. Don't but want anyone coming at us. I'm pretty ready to joke about it. Let me know
0: when, it's ready, when we're time. Maybe next year. 2019, man. Iffy time. It was a weird year for us. You can't. Can't go after people.
1: True, especially um, for stuff like this. Like, okay, we'll just we'll avoid it for now, and we'll check back in next year when it's. Was funny. he drunk though? Didn't he do it twice? Or he claims he's done it twice.
0: Like it was re- that like, like a
1: charity. I think twice. recently. I think was he that did like it was like a charity event after a Sunday game. Didn't our friend Austin tell us that he did it a second time, or was he trolling you? I think he was trolling. Mm, fine. Saw this on. Uh, the Twitter via Kyle Glazer, who we love and we've had on the show before. The Padres are hosting the Don Welkie On Deck Classic, featuring the Padres' top prospects in the game against the Texas Rangers' top prospects Tuesday. So tomorrow slash today, if you're listening, October first, Petco, six ten p.m. start time. Tickets are free online at Padres.com slash On Deck, or you can just go to the box office. That's pretty cool. I like stuff like this. Are we going? I probably will not be in attendance. Okay, well, f- I see you going there. <laughs> you see me going going solo and just sitting front row with a bag of peanuts, watching a bunch of guys. Do you think they'll even any of the vendors will be open? They'll have peanuts and water and stuff. I think the basics. Uh, we don't. I don't know who's playing for the
0: Padres yet. I don't think they've announced the rosters early, or maybe they did, but I didn't. I saw on Twitter Taylor Trammell's in San Diego. Oh, he's got to play said that. It's his first time in California. Nice. Isn't oh that guys. crazy? He's, he's never, a, he's never been it. to California. He's going to love it here.
1: He, yeah, he's from like a small town in Georgia. He's been playing minor league ball. Last, he's a, he never gets out, to, to, but he's never seen the Pacific Ocean. So it's going to be a big, it's like a little Charlie Day from uh, It's Always Sunny. No? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Wade Boggs episode. From the Rangers. So we don't know who's playing for the Potters yet. Taylor Trammell, I'm sure, is in there. For the Rangers, I think we're likely to see their number one prospect who was just taken out of the draft this year uh, from Texas Tech. His name is Josh Jung. Power hitting, average, good hit tool guy, uh, plays third base. Bubba Thompson, Leo Taveras, both really interesting, athletic, power speed, combo outfielders. Bubba Thompson might be really good, so keep an eye on him. Uh, Tavares has kind of had a slow start to his career um, in the minors, but still has all the tools and, and prospect evaluators. Still really like him as well. Both top 100 guys in baseball. So I think it should be a pretty fun game, because the Padres, you know, they're going to come loaded with their prospects, too. Good addition by you, Wade. (laughs) Let's do the AFL update.
0: I never heard of half of these guys, and the ones I do know are way past the prime. Most of these guys never had a prime. This guy here is
1: dead. So Julio Rodriguez on the Mariners, who's also on our Peoria Javelinas, I think is probably going to be the best player on this Havelina's team, maybe the best player in the Arizona fall league, fall league right now. He has been nasty to start the season. Um, 31 at bats. is hitting 385 already, or that's his, uh, sorry. He's hitting 258 with a 385 on base. Um, no home runs yet, but he's so he's still 20 years old and he's going to be, he's going to be one of these fast rising guys. So if you've been following Arizona fall league at all, or have been following the Javelinas because of the Padres, um, you've probably seen of or heard of Julio Rodriguez. I think I mentioned him last time on the show. He's going to be on the Mariners really soon. He's going to be the next like way part of this wave of talent that happens every year. Like last year it was Ronald Acuna. This year it was Vladimir Guerrero jr. Inferno and Fernando Tatis, Julio Rodriguez is going to be in the next group. So if you want to, if you want to watch just a great young baseball player play, check out, uh, Julio Rodriguez before he becomes, you know, a star. Um, as for the Javelinas, currently 5-5, five and five, three games back in the Western Division. Uh, behind the uh, surprise, Sahoros. So- that's a tough one for me to say, who uh, are made up of the Orioles, Yankees, Nats, Rangers, and Royals. So, interesting. The, the Rangers um, might have a lot of their top prospects in the Arizona Fall League, and they might have uh, others make the trip down to San Diego for just this one game. So we'll see how that goes. They are, the, the sohoros are eight and two right now. Um, three games up on our Javelinas. Do they have a playoffs for that league? I actually don't know. I'd guess now. I would assume though no. The season's so short. I think it's a six-week season. Uh, we, we had a, a pod a couple weeks ago where we talked about how uh, the season started a little bit earlier this year so they can um, actually get time off. Yeah, so the, the minor league guys can don't have to sit around on their hands for three weeks and then do their season and then their, their off season really short. It doesn't make any sense to do it that way. So they're going to finish mid-October instead of, you know, like early November, which made a lot of sense. How are our Padres doing, might you ask? Uh, the answer is not super well. Owen Miller's playing well. Owen Miller uh, has gotten to a few games so far. They've played 10 games. He's played in five. He's hitting 238. So not much going on there. Has a couple RBIs. Uh, Luis Camposano, you saw this earlier. He got sent down. He got r- removed, removed from, from the. From, I don't know what that team. means. They removed him from the team. He was he was scuffling and. Yeah, he was like what one one for sixteen. Yeah, it's, he he went one for thirteen with two walks and six strikeouts over his last four games.
0: So, and then the Padres' news release didn't say why. They just said removed from yeah, the team. Uh, who knows why these things happen? It's, it's not a long season. I could see him just being like, "Hey, I don't want to be here."
1: Yeah. Uh we were talking about, we didn't know which pitchers were gonna be on the team yet. Elliot Ashbeck uh made the team along with Reese Nair, who we've talked about before, Osvaldo Hernandez also bullpen depth for these Arizona Fall League teams, which like we mentioned before, send tend to send their better hitters, but will not send their better pitchers unless they had like a suspension or uh they were injured all season to they want to build back up innings for during the offseason. But typically they, they shut their pitchers down.
0: Which makes it so you your players should be, you know, hitting above two thirty. It's a hitting league, yeah, yeah, and our
1: guys aren't hitting. Owen Miller on the twenty eighth, so two days ago, uh, went through for five with a pair of runs and an RBI. So nice. that's that's a good day for him. Hudson Potts struck out in three of his four at bats on Oof. Saturday, so that's that's the recent news on those Potty's guys. Epidemic, yeah, they're not not exactly killing it. Hudson's hitting two seventy three though, slugging four fifty five. There's just not a lot. It, it's very early, very small sample sizes. Before Campuzano got sent down, he or released, he was removed. I, what's the proper nomenclature? Hit, hit 077, so he was he wasn't doing anything. And uh, O'Neill Cruz is another guy I like he's on the Pirates. He's the six six shortstop who probably ends up moving off shortstop eventually, hitting 115. He's young for the level too. other interesting stuff here. Forrest Whitley, uh, who we were talking about how the, the best pitchers from the minors don't typically go to this thing. He's the one who's Arguably the best pitcher in the minors, and he's in the Astros organization. He's there because uh, he was suspended for some kind of like really minor drug thing early in the season and missed a whole bunch of time. He has pitched nine and third, o ninety six ERA, o fifty four WHIP. He's just he's going to kill it. And there's a the Astros the second they lose, well I don't, Verlander doesn't look like he's slowing down at all, but. Garrett Cole, so Garrett Cole might leave in the off season, I guess, but then they have this dude who's going to come in and potentially be the next ace for them. Garrett Cole's about to get paid. Would you pay him? Yes. I'm not going to pay any pitcher, anything. Yeah. We've, we've had this argument before on the show. I'd want to, I want to use our depth to trade for something instead of spent. Like, we just spent a whole bunch of money on Machado. And then the year before now that's dead money on Eric Cosmer and dead money on Myers and dead. My, well, hopefully we get Myers off the book sooner rather than later. But the, I just don't see a reason to pay for pitching when so much of our young talent is pitching and you can use some of your other depth to make a trade and bring guys in that are you know maybe not locked up as long but are manageable um, with a salary. So let's get to the big story that I want to talk about today, which was strikeouts. So the Padres, as we know, strike out a lot. We're going to start with the teams that uh, had the the best strikeout rate. So the teams that were not striking out very often. Striking out the least. Yeah, there you go. Uh, number one, we're going to start at the top. The Houston Astros only strike out 18.2% of the time. That's really good. If you're, if you're a major league baseball player and you're under 20%, that's awesome. They're under 20% as a team. So that's really impressive. And not surprising. They're the best team in baseball. Number two, uh, kind of a surprise. It's the Pittsburgh Pirates who... Finished the season with six. They were terrible. They had 69 wins this year. Worse and, than the Padres. Yeah, nice. And they struck out 19.5% of the time. The Angels were third on the list. They had a bad season, too. They were 20.2% strikeout rate. The Nationals were at 20.9% at number four. And number five, this is a good team, the Twins, surprised a lot of people this year. They were at 21%. So what this list. What does this list tell me? It, help, it, it helps win games if you don't strike out a ton. It definitely does. The Astros are the best team in baseball. They're number one. The Nats, wild card team, they had an amazing second half. Uh, they're number four. I'd be really scared playing them in the playoffs. Scherzer, Patrick Corbin, Steven Strasburg. Hopefully they can knock off the Dodgers. I I might. If the odds are good, I might put some money on the Nats. I'll check that out later. Got to get by the Brewers first. Uh, yeah, they do. And the Brewers are hot. Then the twins who were also a really good team are going to win that American league central division. And then we had some weird team like the, the pirates and the, the angels were in there. I don't know why. Um, the twins won 93 games. So it's a weird list, right? There's some really good teams and there's some really bad teams and one great team. So how do you, how do you kind of interpret those different
0: teams and different, uh, how do you interpret that data? I mean, it shocks me that, The Pirates and the Nats are even on there. You would think being National League teams with pitchers. You mean the Angels? No, just talking NLA. Oh, yeah, okay. Just with pitchers counting in for that. That's very shocking. Good call. I didn't even consider that. National League teams should strike out
1: more because they have pitchers. Right.
0: You think, I mean, I haven't seen the bottom five, but I'd assume it would be mostly National League teams. Interesting. Let's
1: get there right now. So the bottom five are at number 26, uh, the Texas Rangers. So there's your American League team, 25.5%. Number 27, Seattle at 25.6%. Number 28, the Chicago White Sox. Seeing a pattern here? They're all American League teams. I'm completely (laughs) off on this. (laughs) It was a sound theory. Uh, The White Sox are at 25.6%. Your San Diego Padres are at 26.3%. They are 29th. And then the worst team in baseball is not a surprise. It's Detroit at 26.4%. So all those last five teams are terrible. They're all American league teams except the Padres. Yeah. So that's interesting. And here's the difference between these two lists. I think the big difference, all those teams are terrible on this list. The, the bottom teams that strike out. Um, yeah. Not just bad. These are the worst teams in baseball. Uh, the best team on this list is Texas who is currently, I mean, the season just ended. So they, they finished 78 and 84. And some of these other teams, Detroit uh, is one of the is a historically bad team. So there's no confusion on this list. No good teams are on this list. So if you're telling me, if you have to take, if you have a team strikeout percentage that's above 25%, if you're in the bottom five in team strikeout percentage, you're most likely not going to be a winning baseball club. So all these teams have strikeout rates you know, well above 25%. And they're all really bad teams. A low strikeout rate, you know, on the flip side, those teams that we talked about before, kind of like there's some good teams or some bad teams. It doesn't necessarily mean you're safe. You can be deficient in other areas, which you mean, look at the pirates. They have no offense. Our best hitter, Josh Bell was fell apart in the second half. Um, you can have things like your starting rotation. You can be deficient in that area your bullpen. Um, maybe your team on base percentage is really low. Maybe you don't hit with runners on maybe you, you don't have any sluggers. You have There's a lot of different factors that can keep you from winning a baseball game, obviously. But shooting yourself in the foot by striking out a ton really makes it hard for your team to produce runs, manufacture runs. And we saw that from the list. All these teams on the bottom that strike out a
0: lot, that lead the league in strikeouts, are not good teams. Is this just an overall baseball epidemic, though? I mean, everyone's now just swinging for the fences, all or nothing type players no one's really batting for average anymore you just see it on the shifts no one will just you know bunt to the other side to get a base hit they're all still trying to hit through the shift some
1: guys will try to bunt and i really like it when they do that's my that's my favorite play in baseball now is the the bunt against the shift that's the the funniest sexiest play bellinger's been doing it lately bellinger the good the good hitters all do it um like rizzo does it they try to shift on rizzo um i don't see any, i don't see many padres try to do it
0: Yeah, I mean Hosmer, they all shift on him. He should be the number one guy doing it. He's just good
1: at uh he's good at finding the second baseman of the ground ball. <laughs> That's his skill. Among qualified batters, so we're we're talk, we're gonna dissect the padres for a little bit. Who are the culprits on the padres that are keeping that strikeout percentage so high? Well, one of them, the worst, Fred Reyes, is gone. He had a twenty-eight point six percent strikeout rate, which is awful. Uh he was, a, he was a huge factor. Preller got rid of, you know, one of these turds in the punch bowl. So there's that. Um, I don't know if that was one of the factors, if it was just the stri- – I think it's mostly the defense. They had nowhere to play him. Right. But it also didn't help to get rid of that strikeout rate. Eric Osmer, 24.1%. He's been an absolute disaster. I don't think there's any way around it. Manny Machado, I think this surprised me because whenever I watch pottery games, it seems like Machado's two-strike approach is awful. And I don't, I don't have that data in front of me to support it, but he, you get two strikes on Machado and I'm just like, okay, he's going to swing at the next pitch no matter where it is. And he's going to strike out and walk back to the, he had a 19.7% strikeout rate, which I thought was pretty good. And especially today I mentioned earlier, if you're under 20% is a, a, especially as a slugger or a a middle of the order batter, I think that's really good. Is that one of the lowest on the team? Um, among, uh, not that many guys qualified. So Don't we're going to go through a bunch of these names and actually it was, it's one of the better ones. And for him, especially since he does so many other things, well, especially on defense and he, he finished, I think with 32 home runs, which is okay. I was listening to the broadcast yesterday driving because oh. I, what else am I going to listen to? Ted Leitner was talking about how, I mean, they were talking about how Machado, said he thought he didn't have a good year either that he sucked and ted was like oh yeah if this is a bad year for him 32 home runs guys will guys will kill for those numbers i'm like ted kind of not anymore cuz have you
0: seen the ball lately yeah Dad?
1: 32 home <laughs> runs is not what it used to be speaking <laughs> of that ball i caught a foul ball the other day last week you mean you picked it up off the, it, it bounced a couple times it
0: bounced yeah. off another seat and into my hands okay. yes so you didn't catch it i caught it off the bounce that's a only one hop okay so what's your inside info on the ball that ball is for sure juiced the well, couple seconds i had it before i gave it to a little
1: kid what do we what do we mean by juiced because i don't think it's like artificially juiced i just think the way they manufacture the ball leads to
0: less wound t- much tighter the seams aren't as high as they used to be i noticed
1: that when i i was picking it up um you showed me the other day and yeah the seams seem a lot lower and that's just i mean they've also they've measured this shit before they like people have gone in and they have x-rayed the balls and they've analyzed uh, how tight the leather is on it and how high the seams are on it. And they, all the data says the ball is different and that it has led to less drag when it's in the air. And that leads to 10% further distance. And that means a lot more home runs. And we saw this with AAA this year, AAA started using the ball for the first time and they saw a spike in home runs 2,000 more home runs this year than last year. That's not a coincidence. I don't think this is good for baseball either because the game has changed into a strikeout home run contest and it's right, not fun to is, watch. Yeah, exactly. Adding into these numbers, everyone's all or nothing. Let's get back to the strikeouts because that's also part of this drag coefficient era. Everybody's – they think the only way to score now is to hit home runs and that's – it led to the Padres being a really crappy team this year. Strap it on because these guys – this is going to get ugly. Hunter Renfro – we're gonna start with him. Do you think he's on the team next year?
0: After that second half, I don't know. People loved him in the first half. He had a great first team half. For, I
1: think they were hiding him well, um, just against lefties. Right. And then when Fran Mill got traded and he got more exposure, he was bad. So he had great a th- defensively this year though. Good he had a nice improvement defensively. Thirty point nine percent strikeout rate is disgusting, and he tanked in the second half. I'm re- just send him to the sun right now, please. Josh Naylor had a 22.9 percent strikeout rate and a fairly limited that's not bad. It's not great um extrapolating his numbers across the for the entire season um he played roughly in the, about I would say half the at-bats that uh, a full season season's worth would be. if you double his numbers, he's okay. And he was 20 he's 22 years old um, right. I think I think there's hope for Josh Naylor still I think as evident by the trade. Preller really likes Naylor. Good thing we still have Eric Osmer for six more years. Still barely nowhere, though. Austin hedges a cool 31.1% strikeout rate. Out. That is the worst so far. And I think it's the worst on the team among anyone that sniffed 300 at bats. Should be a gold glover, though. Uh, the savior, Fernando Tatis Jr., 29.6% strikeout rate. Rookie year, let him go. <laughs> it's fine. He did everything and still hit like 330 somehow. Right. So that's really weird. Uh, Manuel Margot, just under 20%. He had a great year. That's nice. Margot? Yeah. No, he, he had Like two, for, He had like 240. For who he is? Ugh. It's For who he is? He's a fourth outfielder. That's who he is. And then, yes, he did have a good year. Luis Arias, my boy, who I'm defending all over the place, 23.2% strikeout rate. You okay with that? Send him to the sun. Rookie year with <laughs> Francisco Mejia at the major league level. I thought this would be higher too. Only twenty four point one percent. I wonder what his numbers righty versus lefty are. That'd be interesting too. I could yeah. look, I could probably look that up on that'd be I mean that sounds like a baseball reference project. Maybe you could do that tonight and then uh tweet that out later.
0: Report back tomorrow.
1: Yeah. Uh Will Myers uh, disgusting thirty
0: four point four percent. His oh my god. Just watching him swing at some pitches. He's just not even close. Is he standing in the batter's box? He's like falling <laughs> out. I don't know. He's nowhere near the just ball. Just fainting while he's in the box. Oh, so it is cool now. <laughs> it's back. Okay. Uh,
1: So questions I had looking at this data. Is this Preller's fault for bringing together this group of guys? Because this is the team he made. It's It started with Eric Hosmer a couple years ago. Then he brought in Manny Machado, who admittedly didn't have the highest strikeout rate, but... Um, Francisco Mejia was a trade. He made uh, these other guys. He's not responsible for I mean, J- actually Josh Naylor is one of his, but Renfro Renfro is his too. 2013. Uh, no, he wasn't. No. Hunter Hunter was not. One yeah, of his. People forget. Renfro is old. Yeah. Tatis was okay. So he, Tatis is one of his, but those aren't like the really big culprits. The culprits are Will Myers, Austin hedges, Hunter Renfro, Frambo Reyes, and he actually got rid of Reyes. So what I was asking, is this is this his fault? Is this an organizational problem? Um, a system, a, a team system inability to enforce strike zone discipline? Is, is this Andy Green's fault? Is the coaching
0: staff? I think it's a coaching staff problem, specifically hitting coaches. Everyone telling him how to swing So you're just going to throw Johnny
1: Washington on the bus? He should be gone. I mean, like, what happened to – uh, let's get Wally Joyner or Dave Magadan, but like someone that, you know, had success at the major. Like I don't Archie
0: Sinfraco. Sure. John Vanderwall, Nice. Just
1: going 98 Padres now. <laughs> what's uh what's the second baseman's name? Mike Darr. No, really <laughs> too soon. What's the second? Goddamn. What's Kilvio Varez up to these days? We could probably get him or Chris Gomez. That's your boy, right? I love Gomez. He's uh, living, He's a good dude. yeah, living up in
0: Orange County these days. So is it?
1: I want to. I'm leaning towards the coaching staff also, and maybe Andy Green, but also that maybe it's the lack of Padres analytics because they're famously not one of the leader leaders in you know the analytic department. They're not a Yankees or Astros or Red Sox team, um, or even Cubs or Dodgers. Um, Dodgers are probably the forefront of that list now. Uh, they have some big strikeout guys, but they also have really big the, those guys are also big on base percentage guys. Like I'm thinking of like Max Muncie or Cody Bellinger. So could this have been a contributing factor that got Andy Green fired? The inability to get these guys to you know buy into a system where let's how about we get on base once in a while? And when there's a guy in third and and no outs, why don't we work on putting the ball in play instead of striking out? Like that makes a huge difference across the season. That's a few wins right there, maybe. And then you know, maybe at the All Star break we're, we're above 500. Things are more interesting, and then maybe we're in it longer. And then the team doesn't. You know, once the team's out of it, which they were a few weeks into the second half, the team kind of just mails it in.
0: Did you, you notice that? Yeah, it's, then they're all just trying to hit bombs. It's human that's nature. All they want, right? Yeah,
1: they just want you know hit a few home runs and get get to the off season. Um, try to start fresh next year. You kind of you kind of mail it in a little bit.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. Let's look at some of the minor league guys who I think are going to be impact players for the Padres in the next, maybe next year, maybe in the next couple of years, um, sooner rather than later. So first guy shortstop, he played for the Lake Elsinore storm this year, had a really good season. He was on our first team, all prospects with the Padres for 2019. It's Gabriel Arias and he had a 26.8% strikeout rate, which is really high. Um, but 20 years old at, at high A, that's something you can work on. Tirso Ornelas had a pretty had a pretty miserable first half for the Storm. Bounced back nicely in the second half, but had a 27.4% strikeout right. Luis Campuzano, who we mentioned uh, before, Cal League MVP, co-MVP, All-Star, 13.5%. That's That's really good. He's, a, he's <laughs> a catcher. He won MVP. He was 20 years old.
0: And he doesn't strike out a lot. That's really impressive. Maybe he was getting exposed in the AZL. That's why they took him off the roster. He had a, quite a few strikeouts. Maybe,
1: maybe facing a lot of older pitching for the first time. And it's also such a small sample size. Right. It's, we don't even need to worry. Let about him that. slide. I'm I'm letting it slide. Xavier Edwards, who hits everything. He's a hitting machine. Doesn't strike out either. Ten point eight percent strikeout rate. How awesome is that? Love that. That's our that's our future second baseman right that's there. Old school hitting. Ty France, this is across uh, the minors, 21.2%. So not bad from Ty France, but I think we know who Ty France is at this point. And I don't think it's anybody that I really care about on my team. Yeah. Taylor Trammell, who you've been in love with since the Fran Mill Reyes trade, 27.8%. That's a very high strikeout rate. Yeah, but those last couple of weeks of the season, though. the grand, I mean, the Grand Slam to basically win the the Texas league championship. He's back. He's back. CJ Abrams, 9.3%. My strikeout boy. Rate. And that's just in 150 at bats. And it's at low level competition. It's short season ball. That's rookie level ball. Um, Not exactly, you know, the best competition, but he's young too. And, you know, under a sub 10% strikeout under 10% rate. Yeah, awesome. him and Xavier Edwards, both at like 10%. The, yeah. The average between those two is like 10%. That's right. amazing. Uh, by the way, Michael Geddes, who's probably the biggest, abuser of the strikeout in uh, the Padres system. He made all first, he made first team all prospect for us. He led the, the Pacific coast league in strikeouts this year. Not a shocker. <laughs> it's not, it's, <laughs> it's really not. Um, had a, had a pretty decent year, but it's just, he's not going to be, uh, a, a dude for the Padres at any point. I don't think maybe, no. maybe a fourth outfield or defensive replacement guy can run and hit for some power, but I don't see him ever getting, you know, really meaningful at any at looks,
0: no. actual looks.
1: So, all in all, I think our minor league teams have been pretty good at not striking out. And is this indicative of just their minor league players? Um, strikeout rates do tend to go up as you go up the ladder. Cause pitching hitter. gets better. Pitching yeah. gets better. Yeah. So it's just usually the in, the, in the low minors, I think the hitters are ahead of the pitchers. And so as they get older and graduate, um, they end up striking out more. The best minor league guys come up to the majors and the strikeout rates kind of peak. So like this year, uh, one guy I was really watching a lot was Keston Hero with the Brewers, and he came up and has been awesome, hit 300, has been close to 20 home runs um, in just about a half a season worth of play. He's known for having this great hit tool, and he struck out 30% of the time. So he pulled kind of a Fernando Tatis Jr., where your all your stats look good. Maybe it's your BABIP that's inflating these things, that it's inflating your batting average. Um, But the, the hit, hit tools play. And even if you do strike out a little bit, even if it's 30%, like Kira did or um, Fernando Ortiz did. If you can do other things, put the ball in play when you need to, it's a little different. Um, situational hitting is a real thing at the major league level. And I'm hoping that whoever the next managers for the Padres can keep an eye on, on this thing that I think is going to be a real drag on the Padres going forward. Is Rod Barajas someone who in the minors was partly responsible maybe for, you know, this different approach maybe. And then when he came up, I haven't seen it really. It's late in the season and nothing really changed, but um, is he, is he a voice that you think could help, you know, th- go steer the team into a new direction. That's not, Hey, let's just all try to hit home runs. Is he the manager that we should be keeping an eye on? And that brings us into our next conversation. Speaking of the devil, who do you think should be the potter's next manager? That's a good question. I mean – It's a question that is – that's what everybody's asking. It's the—it's Potters off season, and this is the first thing we need to figure out is who's the manager going to be.
0: I don't see Uncle Ron going out and spending money on a manager. So You mean Ron Fowler? Yeah. Okay. Uncle Ron. Yeah, I'm just clarifying. Okay. Listeners um, and you know, people don't And own. with the news of Osmus getting fired by the Angels, I think it's almost a done deal Madden's going there. So I, I, I think that was weird. I think Madden's out. Uh, well, Matt. Well, Madden. Yeah, people kind of figured Madden was going to
1: get fired from the Cubs' job, and the Angels. I don't. I don't really know what like the Madden appeal is at this point because he's sixty seven years old. He he acts. I mean, he's a young sixty seven. I think. Yeah, um, he's he's got a, a really good vivaciousness to him. Fluent in Spanish too. I heard. I heard just like conversational. Oh, I, heard I don't. He's, he's I don't know fluent. Fluent's a big step. But anyway, I'd like to hear him speak Spanish. I wonder what his uh, accent sounds like. We're pretty bad at Spanish. See, si. where are we going with that? I don't even think I'd want Joe Madden to manage this team because it's it's a bunch of young guys. Um, Mad's a little older. He it, it helps that he speaks Spanish, but um, I'd want someone maybe a little younger with a little more energy. Not that maybe Joe doesn't is not like he doesn't have energy, but I'd like I just think I'd want someone younger towards. The beginning of their career closer,
0: closer to the beginning of their career than to the end of their career is what I'm trying to say. So and then Joe, with that recent firing by the Angels, Brad Osmus, local guy, still lives here in San Diego.
1: You didn't think it was weird that Osmus spent one season with the Angels and then the second they saw Madden become available, the Angels, you know, dumped Osmus immediately. True. That's that isn't. Doesn't, right. put up, doesn't, doesn't put bode a well for him. For him.
0: Does that does that affect your 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 awesomeness? I'm just beetle? thinking of guys that the Padres realistically are going to go get. Well, I like Mark Loretta as a candidate.
1: I do too. I think he's been uh, pretty low on most people's lists for people that you'd want to interview. But if Madden's out, which I don't, I wouldn't even I don't care if we interview Madden or not. Um, Bochi's out. I don't even know why Bochi's in the conversation, you guys. Yeah, Bochi's done. He is checked out. He and I don't I mean I wouldn't want him. Like like I just said, I don't want a guy on like with one foot out the door of his career, even if you could talk him into a couple more seasons. That's not the guy I want running the club right now. So who are the, who's available? Moises Alou took his name out. That was kind of weird. That was a little weird. But we've heard maybe Raul Abanez. We've heard Mark Loretta mentioned, who's currently uh, uh, on the bench for the Cubs, which I think would be interesting. And he's good friends with Ron Fowler. He hangs out with that. Oh, is he crew? Then there's who we just mentioned. Um, Rod Barajas is still a candidate. I think. What do you think? Would it be
0: a bad idea to put Rod? Just give it to Rod. I don't know. If that'd be the worst. I kind of well, would have liked to see maybe some little spark at the end of the season, but there was nothing. There was no spark. There was no spark at all. It looked like they completely gave up. If, if the team
1: was, you know, three or four years away from trying to compete, I think Rod would be a good hire because he knows all the young guys, but because the team's trying to win right away, I, I feel more comfortable giving the job to someone who has more experience than, I mean, he's been a manager at the triple a level for a long time, but and he sat on the bench this year, all season. I just – I feel more comfortable giving the team to someone with more managerial experience who's had success at the major league level instead of a, a first-year manager who's been in-house for a couple years. Joe Girardi? Oh. Joe, Joe's not doing it for me either. Okay. Um Did win uh two Manager of the Year awards, though. I saw him. He was on – Got fired after winning one of those, by the way.
0: Right. <laughs> I saw him. I think he was on 97.3 The Fan the other day, which is pretty awful product, but. Oh, coming at 97.3 The Fan. <laughs> um, I listened to Ben and Woods this morning for the first time. They're decent. Okay. Where was I going? But yeah, he was on some local San Diego station. I forget which one. And Who was? Joe Girardi. Oh, okay. Talking about the Padres thing. Like, mm. Kind of just throwing buzzwords around, trying to throw his name, you know, in that managerial candidate. Well, that's interesting. If he's like enthusiastic about it, if it's him coming to us. Yeah. Then he was on, I don't even know who was interviewing him. but Then, it, it then I'm like, more interested. This is really random. Like, I wouldn't why, want to why go. Why is Joe Girardi being
1: interviewed right now? Yeah. It's kind of a weird call. Just to, maybe he called the station. was like, hey, can I come on? If it's, if it's him kind of courting us. Right. Then I'm, then Making I'm a pitch. Yeah. Then I'm interested. Cause you know, the prettiest girl at the bar is the one that likes you. In my, in my book. And if he, if he likes you, then, you know, see where it goes. Maybe see what happens. Talk. What you know, you always want what you can't have. I'll let him buy me a drink. See how it goes. <laughs> uh, I think right now I would probably, li- well, so like I just said, I did, I think I want someone with more experience. And so maybe that takes out Mark Loretta, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. I just see his relationship with the Padres being a major plus factor. It is. But then there's
1: Brad Ausmus too, who has that experience with the Padres. I think right now in my managerial power rankings, I'd want Osmus at number one. Really? Yeah.
0: Even though you just said, does that throw
1: red flags? Yeah. I would, I'm, hey, I'm just asking questions. And for me, it doesn't because uh, the angels who I think Artie Moreno kind of, he's the owner of the angels. I think isn't, doesn't run the most efficient team. I think he's kind of a mess personally as an owner and he's just, the, t- the team's not any good. And so, I don't understand why – you you got your guy last year who you wanted, Brad Osmus, and then you change your mind a year later because the team wasn't any good and you hired – you. well, assuming they go get Joe Madden. It's just – I think it's more of a an indicator of Artie right. Marino. Like, you weren't even
0: expected to compete this year. but yeah, that says more about Artie Marino. You have the best player in baseball and you haven't competed. And they have one of the best prospects in baseball coming up, Joe Adele. That's another one, Sosha. Like. Why would the Padres? I don't want
1: anything to do with Mike right. please. I want a guy who has experience, but I don't want a
0: baseball dinosaur either. It's gonna be someone that's not even on this list, just out of like an Andy Green, hire. out of the blue, right? Like Will Venable.
1: I wouldn't mind that Phil Nevin. <laughs> He's currently the third base coach for the Yankees. Yeah, I could see that happening. Or I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind that. I heard some Don Mattingly chatter before he just signed that extension with the Marlins. That would have been interesting.
0: That would have been very interesting.
1: All right. Girardi, Osmus. I think I'm going to Girardi, Loretta or Barajas. Girardi. Why do you like Girardi so much? That's two time coach of the year. And as we mentioned, he was fired after one of those playoff experience. Um, It would be something that we haven't had in a very long time. A guy who is a proven, not that I think managers do a ton, but for and a young,
0: especially if you're coaching the Yankees, yeah,
1: for a young team, that needs someone to kind of look up to, I think maybe it kind of does matter who the name and what success he's had. I think that'll give the team instant credibility, especially for someone like Manny Machado. Right. That's the real question. didn't respect who's going to get,
0: who's going to get Manny to play. Cause he could not have cared less about Andy great.
1: I could see Girardi doing that.
0: Yeah. Osmus, I'm unsure about actually
1: Barajas, Barajas unsure about too. I don't, I bet Barajas does well with the young guys, but I'm not sure if Manny necessarily will listen to him.
0: Right. We need someone that'll get Manny going. You might have just talked about Girardi a little bit. I think it'd be a good play. I'd be
1: okay with it. All right, that's gonna that's gonna do it. Some good. a little longer than I even thought we would go today. But um, we missed last week, unfortunately. If you're looking for the show last week, uh, some things got moved around and we got busy. And then you know it's the end of the season and didn't put out a show last week. Meant to put one out on Friday, didn't happen. So might be doing two shows this week. We'll see. Keep keep an eye out for those. Didn't get you our picks either. We had some good picks uh, NFL-wise. What do you got this week, Wade? Because uh, last week, you and I were both winners. I mean, we're we're recording this on Monday, so we're talking about the Sunday before yesterday. Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago then, I guess. Uh, You had the Cowboys at home laying the 22 and a half. You were a winner. If you went with me, I gave you the Houston Texans money line versus the Chargers. That won you big money if you took that and if you parlayed them. You did even better. We went 2 and 0 last week. Nice. Uh I'm 2 and 2 for the year. You fought back to 1 and 2. So what do you have this week for the Degens out there? I'll give you mine first. You ready? Yeah. I love the Rams to bounce back next week. They got humiliated at home. I was going to bet my farm on the Rams at home to beat Tampa Bay. Although I think we I think I stayed away from I mean, if you're picking no spreads, the Rams at home versus Tampa would have been one of the easiest picks of the, of the week.
0: Oh, I'm sure. Um, Survivor League's a ton guy. Oh, sheep slaughter. That's yeah. what we call
1: it. Uh, so hopefully you didn't do that, but I love them to bounce back on the road at Seattle. I don't think Seattle's that special. The Rams are getting two points as of today, Monday, September 30th. If you're getting any points, is the Rams. I like the Rams to win that outright, but I'm not going to get froggy with the money lines again. I'm just going to give you... Rams plus two. I think that's a lock of the week.
0: I think I like the New Orleans Saints at home getting four points, or they're favored by four points. They're they're, they're laying for yeah against the Buccaneers. That was weird. I, I the Bucks had they, their they, one game of the year. They
1: had their that's they the showed Bucs out. Game.
0: Yeah. Now everyone's going to be betting them, so this line will probably move even in favor to them. Just Bet New, it early. New England in the dome. Go with New England in the dome. New Orleans in the dome. New Orleans in the Dough. There it is.
1: Uh I like them too. If uh you're doing a survivor pool, if you still have the Saints around, I think that's that's a pretty big lock that they're gonna win. I like them. I won money on them this weekend at home versus Dallas. They were they were home dogs, or they were no, yeah, they were they dogs. were they were giving two and a half. No, they were dogs. Were they they were getting two and a half? Yeah. Um yeah, I like them to win outright. New Orleans at home is nasty, and Dallas has played no one, so that game didn't really surprise me that much. The total score surprised me. But um, yeah, I like the Saints next week too uh, at home versus Tampa Bay. That should be be a good game. So uh, that's it for us this week. Thank you for listening to the show. Please follow the show's Twitter account at Friar Farmhands. And if you enjoy the show, as always, please subscribe. We like that. We're on all your favorite platforms. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeart.
0: You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. Please leave your comments, questions, concerns, and your rating of the show on all platforms. I think we need a voice crack counter on you for the shows. Because I think today you would fit like three or
1: four. Wow. That might, it might be a, it's more of a visual gag. We could have a little counter pop up on the screen. Or
0: You've been <laughs> listening to Believe in Padres Podcasts on Believe Podcast Network, San Diego's number one sports podcast network. For Wade. <laughs> That's Ryan Hart. And as they say in Canada, peace out. Peace out. Out. Sorry. Sorry. There okay. you go. i like that.
1: Your you may find from time to time.
0: I haven't even looked at the spreads. I'm we just, did. I need to go pull them up too, actually. <laughs>